When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. James Nichols here as always. And with me is my buddy John Zello. What's up, pal? Not a whole lot. It, a little bit of a break here. I like that bit. from from Samantha's hockey, despite uh, like a lot of breaks for the Islanders this season. This one felt really good. I think after yeah. that Seattle loss and our uh our post-game show, it was a little emotional, like it just like aggravating. Yeah. So it's 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 nice to be back. It's far enough in the rearview mirror that I think we can move on, kind of assess what's going on moving forward, and uh, I guess see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get right into the nitty gritty, right? Because uh, no games, so no games to talk about. Uh, the All Star break was this weekend. We will talk about uh, Adam Pellick's experience, but uh, before we do that. Our newest beat writer at The Athletic for the Islanders, Kevin Kurz, wrote a, a really good article on some storylines uh, going into the second half of the season for the Islanders. It's now uh, post-All-Star break. Uh, we don't have to hit on every single one, uh, but I did want to talk about the section that he wrote, Can the Islanders Find Some Stability With Their Scoring Lines? Did you have a chance to read this? I, I did, and... I mean, the short, not fun podcast answer is I have no idea, <laughs> right? So this is, I think there's like the caveat here. That's like this. We're dealing with the roster as it is, right? We're not, this isn't a discussion at this point anyway, about bringing somebody in the need for somebody else. It's can the current group figure it out? That's um, true. So yeah, just because we can, we can get to that, but just so in case you know the readers either you don't have uh listeners rather don't have access to the the athletic or you just haven't read it yet um i have no idea if they can i right. think they you're i think we had said before and other shows borderline rearranging deck chairs on the titanic you know very like, true and trots has not been as creative as he could be and that's yeah, kind of I, the problem. Like where that has everything to do with can he find the right combination? He's not outside of the playoffs, he has not been able to push the right buttons with this forward group, especially this season. Yeah. And and I think that's largely it, right? When when Kurz asks the question uh that, you know, can can they get some stability in their scoring? What they have currently is not working, and and I don't mean in in personnel. Um, well, it just might be as I mean. Well, also well, again, that, not that this too, conversation, but but yeah, that's yeah. not what I right. Not this conversation. You know what he's got to, and, and he meeting trots might have to try is like you said, just mixing it up. Something that we've never seen before. We've been screaming for for a long time. Put Oliver Wallstrom on the first line. Maybe it's finally time. You know they're not mathematically out of it, but. At this point, it's pretty obvious it's not going to happen. What have you got to lose by giving him that opportunity, maybe giving him some more minutes, and maybe he'll end up working out his his game and those kinks on the first line. Maybe it's a good match for him and, and Matthew Parzell. Um, well, that's, something... that's another one of Kerr's points, and I don't want to jump too far ahead. No. But he mentions that they're, like, it's not tension, right? It's, it's a veteran coach really teaching a rookie – Yes, that's going to be things, right? Yeah. Like, and we're so going to talk about that. There's, I, I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle on making that kind of decision. Yeah, I think I'd like to see things, um, 
you know, they're giving it's, it's crazy because they like give Bellows the opportunity, but they don't give Wallstrom the opportunity. But then Wallstrom's in the lineup every night. So, like, I don't understand right. the the, the mindset. The deci- well, the mindset, the decision making, like what's going into it? Like, yeah, clearly there's value in Wallstrom in the lineup. Like, I don't yeah. think Trotz would be the first one to say that. But I guess where? So, like, if Bellows isn't in the lineup, that's one thing. But if he is on the first line, right? Like, is it because? And I said this before, is it simply he fills the same type of role that the player that's out on the first line uh, has? Like, is is it a, a quote one-to-one in some regard? Where at least Orbellos could be that type of player? Maybe? Like, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I think as far as that forward group is concerned, like, I think you had said this. Switch Liam Bavillier. Right. Leave, leave Bailey up there. I mean, frankly, uh, Palmieri will be out Wednesday. Yes, just for that so, day. And so in the future, I, I don't know, Bavillier, Barzell, Palmieri, Barzell said he wants to play with a righty. They, uh, Bavillier and Barzell have played. That's a heck of a line for them to say. Butch is sure. never going to get that. Uh, <laughs> Bavillier, Barzell, Palmieri is a lot of, uh, of consonants. But I, I think, I'm just kidding. We love you, Butch, uh, if he's <laughs> even ever listening to this. But uh I mean, Lee and, and Nelson have a little bit of rapport. It's been it's been some time. Um, the two of them with Bailey. I, I don't know. Like I think there's some. If you like the third line and they're doing things well and they're hungry and their teammates are seeing it, fine. Leave Parise Peugeot, Walsh them together. Like that's I, I can live with that, right? Give them a little more time. Is it too stale though? How much more time do they need? No, what I mean is time on the ice. Like, give Walsham and the line more time on ice. I'm not, I I don't think... I think he's getting a little shorthanded, um, he being Wallstrom. But that top six, like... I, I don't think Wallstrom's going to just all of a sudden get more time unless he starts doing the little things right that Trotz is seeing. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I think that's... We can be as mad as we want about that. Kurz is pretty clear. Like, I, I think that's just what is going to happen. Right. Like there's got to, there's a few things that need to happen first before Wallstrom moves up the lineup, right? And it might just not be that the year for it. As aggravated as we want to be, it's almost not like it's irrelevant. We can be furious; doesn't matter. That top six, going back to your original question, that's where something needs. Like those players are capable. You're, you're talking about some chemistry here. You're talking about giving the players other players that they want to play with or that have that chemistry with. Brazil was very was pretty clear. I want to play with a righty. Okay. Like give give him a little bit of extra energy up there with Bavillier. It would give Bavillier a little bit of, of a boost, I think. Right. Right. Give him some confidence. Get him up there. Say like, you know, you're a spot to lose. Go for it. Uh Lee and Nelson, fine. They're vets. That you know, I don't think their feelings are gonna get hurt or Lee's feelings are gonna get hurt getting bumped down to the second line. That lines that would be a veteran second line. I think that's great. Uh, I think they'd play really well. It gives, uh, you know, Bailey can still feed Nelson, and then you got Lee in front of the net. I think they're successful. And then the first line, like you got to give him a little bit more of a green light to to play some offense. Right. Yeah, and and you know, going down the depth chart a little bit, depending on the night where he's playing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Josh Bailey too, because there's an interesting point here by Kurz that says. Don't expect Bailey to come out of the lineup anytime soon, despite just having three goals in 34 games. And as much as that might be true, um, he's got something like 10 points in his last 10 games as well. So it's not like he's not contributing. Um, and Trotz is, d- despite what what everyone else might think, Trotz sees something out of Bailey that he's like that 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 he's liking. And you know, with this quote here, he even says, "Right now, he's using that cerebral element to his game to make plays." I really think that he's uh, his com- compete level has elevated in terms of getting up and down the ice and feeling confident in his own game. He's a guy that will produce for us and has produced for us, and he's one of the most intelligent players that we have. Uh, he's playing with Barzell and Lee, and that should be a good line for us. I know that every line I put him on, that line is going uh, that that line seems to get rolling. Uh, so he's been a good medicine for our team this year. So basically, you know. You can hate on Josh Bailey all you want, but uh, Trotz is saying that wherever he's playing, that line is producing. 
Um, it's the opposite, or it's the same problem with both players. There's something that we're not seeing that Wallstrom. I'm sorry, it is a little little confusing to say. I know Wall, exactly where you're going with this. Wallstrom is missing parts of his game that we're not seeing. Josh Bailey is doing things in his game that we're not seeing, right? And right. But Trotz is seeing whatever those little elements are. He's clearly seeing, right? And that's why those players are in the lineup where they are to right. a certain degree. Um, I look if if Bailey can feed the rest at, at Barzell and like make that kind of happen if he's the the straw that stirs the drink fine i think it need like that's obviously just not the element to me to really inject what could be a really good first line right i guess sure put bailey up there with barzell fine i think also put pavilion up there then like figure out like i think that extra element of speed in there it's like that's not bailey and that's not lee Right. And not again, not to discredit their game, but you you have no one remotely playing shotgun. They're not even in the back seat. They're in a, a car behind them, and he just doesn't have anyone to really keep up with them. There's there, and you can't just say like Lee's in front of the net, and that's really good. And I guess that's good. He's got ten goals in the season. It's a little inconsistent. I don't know the last time that he scored. It maybe just feels like a long time ago because of all these breaks and and whatnot, but I don't know. It just that that part isn't lining up to me. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the Wallstrom section uh, titled "What's Going On with Trots and Wallstrom." There's lots of people who believe that there's a personal vendetta against Oliver Wallstrom, um, and it's nice that you know because Kurz is so new uh, to this fan base and to this team at, at its current state. It's nice to get his perspective in, in a way that it's it's there's no bias here, right? He has no reason to go for or against uh, Oliver Wallstrom or Barry Trotz, um, and he's not afraid to criticize either. So, um, you know, he he brings up the quote that Trotz had said a couple of games ago. We all thought Wallstrom had a really good game, right? And Trotz came out and said, "Well, there's times where he doesn't feel uh, the pressure around him, especially when you uh, when we've got to manage the puck." And, um, you know, everyone had basically said, we can't just give this guy a compliment. Like he had a really good game. And Kurz goes on to say, like, is is Trotz being too tough on Wallstrom? Probably not. And he's got good reason to back it up, right? For starters, Trotz has coached guys like Jacob Brana and Andre Burakovsky. And he's been hard on them, kind of like he's being hard on Oliver Wallstrom. And look where they are now. Braun is a 30-goal scorer. Uh, Andre Burakovsky is in the top six of like the best team in the league right now with the Colorado Avalanche. These guys have turned out to be very good everyday NHL players. And he's trying to pave, meaning Trotz, is trying to pave that same pathway with Wallstrom. I know we question, well, why does Bellows get to play on the first line and then come out of the game or come out of the lineup for the next four or five games? It's probably because there's a plan in place for Wallstrom as part of the future. Whereas Kiefer Bellows, that he's a nice player, you know, when when he's needed to have, but maybe they just don't see the future the same way they do as for Oliver Wallstrom, and they just want to make sure he develops the way he's supposed to. I mean, I think it's they're being much harder on Bellows by just simply not playing him than at least also Wallstrom, that. Is in the, Wallstrom is in the lineup. Right, he's, he's playing every night. He's a regular part of this team. It's not like it was last last season when it was uh, either he or or Zajac and they were trying to figure out what was going to work best on that third line. That's a different discussion and argument, right? Who was best in playoffs and this and whatever, and he played well, and you know they still got to the conference final. Like you can kind of, I don't know that there's a clear answer there. I don't know that you know you can sit there and say, oh, they lost by one goal in Game Seven. What if they had a goal scorer and not Zajac? Well. Maybe they are down by more than one goal if someone defensive like Zajac's not in the lineup. So who cares if they didn't score one right. goal? They're down three to one. It doesn't matter. They still right. lose. The, they still lose the game. So I think you're you know you're probably splitting hairs there. But for 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 Wallstrom, I mean, I do notice things, and I think we've said it in a post game before, where he does something like not get the puck deep. He goes east or west when he should have just went north or south, and gets the puck in either too soft or whatever 
and you go, God damn it. That's it. That's a play. That's a reason why he's not going to play the rest of the game or that a reason why he's not going to get his opportunity. So there are times when we are seeing, I yeah. think there are some other things that we're, we aren't, you know, as a keen to just because we're akin to, because Trotz is a hall of fame coach. So there's going to be these little elements of the game that we're, we might miss. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah, those, those moments that, you know, when he feels the pressure, uh, doesn't get the puck in the right spot. I can, yeah. I can definitely understand. Um, but you're, maybe you're right. Like Bellows just is getting the opportunity because that's just the timing. Uh, and he gets in there and he, right. he did, he has played well this season. You have to wonder, I do agree moving forward. And, and maybe, maybe we discuss that later. Um, especially because I, I just wrote about this kind of like, what are the Islanders roster problems as it stands? I did, right. I did was not prescriptive and try to come up with solutions because there's too many players to like, what about and what if about forever um but yeah as it stands bellows is he was contributing it's kind of tough to to have players in the lineup that aren't when he is and when palmieri comes back so you kind of hope that he gets his chance here like to come back and do his thing you don't think it'll last because palms is a is a vet and he was out for you know the birth of his child and right yada yada so yeah not any easier to kind of sift through at this point yeah, and, and you know, the, the last thing that he says about Walsham, too, is, you know, if he does all the little things right, um, you know, Trotz will trust him. He'll give him the minutes. He might even put him up on the first line. Um, it might not happen right away, you know, but that and that's what I meant by there's a path here for Walsham. I mean, they're trying to to pave it and, and make sure that it, it comes out all nice and clean. We're still talking about a player who's just 21 years old, you know, right. and that's that's the thing with, with all this. It's crazy that, you know, he's having this kind of success offensively and we're not promoting him, but there is a, a another element to the game that he, maybe he does need to sharpen and, you know, it's going to pay off in the long run because if the first line in a crucial moment is out in a, in a meaningful game and he's a part of it, you're going to, you know, and they get stuck in their defensive zone or, or, or even in transition uh, going back to defend. And he, like you said, went East or West when he was supposed to go North or South, you're going to notice that and you're going to blame Oliver Walsham. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is if maybe if he got that development that he was supposed to get a couple of years earlier and, you know, really honed his, his craft and, and his skill, this wouldn't happen. Right. So, and, and we're talking hypothetical, obviously, but I think that's, he's, he's got to earn here. it. And I don't think right. that's unfair. It's just for a 21 year old. Right. Yeah. I, I think two, like two things can be true as, as I say often on the show. You can be frustrated that he's not moving up, but understand why. Right. Look, you, you don't think he's just as frustrated? You don't think he's doing that? You know, you, you remember when you would play and something happened and you just look up at the ceiling? Like you knew you <laughs> yeah. did something. And you're yeah. like, oh, like you make you the second of the puck left your stick. You, you knew like that was a bad, that was a bad idea. Yep. I shouldn't have went up the wall or I should have went up the middle. Or I should have yep. uh, regrouped in the new, like, you don't think he's doing that? You don't think that that's going through his head? If you isocammed him, I bet you his you just see his eyes roll three or four times a game, knowing that was it. He probably knows it, and it's really, really hard to implement. You can do it in practice all you want. It's yeah. really hard to implement as someone who's coached and I feel knows the game, like on like very deeply on a basic level. I still go out. It's not like I don't go out there and play a perfect hockey game when I play. Right. I'm still making bad passes. It, it, that's just the reality of it. It's really hard in the moment. Yeah, You play really good teams. If, if he wants to play on the first line, you think the pressure is going to go down? Not from your team. Other teams are good. You're playing against other top competition. It's something I've mentioned on the show before. You're not playing. You're playing against. Uh, you're playing with Barzell. Expect the other team's Adam Pellick on you. Right. You're not getting second and third pairing. They're not paying attention to you yet. They should because he's really good. But, you know, that line is another third line or a second line with a second pair of defensemen that's just physical can shut them down. Right. Like you, you could see the goals, you know, dry up for Walson for a time. Parise wasn't scoring. Peugeot wasn't scored. They're not a threat. Right. So you got to raise your – he's got to be the catalyst for that third line to just get better. Right. right? I think they all need to play – you know, Parise is playing a good game. Peugeot plays a good game. That offensive element, 
they all need to kind of be uh, a spark for each other. But Wallstrom can really, like, imagine just the line blows up in a good way, and he's partly responsible. He's making yeah. good pat. Like, that's a really good way to say, okay, you're you're getting there. Yep, and that's it's what not you like, want to see. It's not like Peugeot's not talented. It's not like Peugeot forgot how, uh, uh, Parise forgot how to finish. Um, make your teammates better. Good players make their teammates better no matter who they're playing with. Wallstrom, be that guy. Yeah. Right? Here's your opportunity. You're not you don't kill penalties, you, you but you're on the power play an awful lot. Make good passes, set up your teammates, make everyone else around you better, like elite players do, and then you get raised responsibility. Until yeah. then, this is what's being handed to you. Right. Right? Don't do it in flashes. Find some consistency. Go three games in, I bet go three games in a row with no bullshit. I I don't want to bet on it. But if I did, I'd use DraftKings. I don't want to bet on it. Um but I'd be willing to like short of bet on, yeah, maybe he gets moved up the lineup. Maybe he's swapped with like I again I think there's a little bit of creativity that Trotz could have if he trusted Wallstrom a little more. I think he's handcuffed with moving the top six within itself. If he could insert Wallstrom, maybe you move um, Palmieri down to the third line. You move Bailey. Maybe you keep him up there and you play Wallstrom with Nelson. Nelson needs a setup guy. Wallstrom could pass the puck too. I think it's a huge kind of underrated element to his game. Maybe Wallstrom can learn how to play with that. Right. That, that, That different kind of element. Like, even just adding a seventh forward into that top six mix a little bit, I think would make them much better. That isn't a, sure. a Bellows or whatever. Uh, it used to be a, a Zarnik or whatever the case was. Like, that gives him a little bit more latitude and creates uh, the ability to be creative. Right now, yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of the same. He likes putting pairs together. There's only so many people you, people you can move around at that point. Right, talking about two two players at a time, uh, so one swap, it, it's just not going to work. It's very true. Um, you know, you, you, like we, obviously we all hope that Wallstrom's development goes the way we all want it to, but uh, it's going to take some patience. And in a year where everything just doesn't seem to be going right, um, maybe this is the year you really want Trotz to mold him so that when when next year comes and and you know, they, they get back to hopefully uh, the Islanders that we're used to seeing uh, in the past three seasons. He's he's a big part of the reason why they're they're being successful again. Uh, I mean, look, so, at, look at Noah Dobson. Yeah. And he wasn't even playing every game. Right. Right. So there's something to it. He was getting sheltered, you know, and then all of a sudden it felt like an overnight Dobson blossom this season. It did. Yeah. It was basically right? you're scratched. Except next game we need you again, so get good and and he did. <laughs> yeah. So Wallstrom, look, he did he did have his opportunity to to watch from the press box a while back. He needs to he needs to find his Dobson moment. Yeah. He needs you know he is playing every single night, and it can be frustrating when you feel like you can contribute, but you don't feel like you're getting the minutes to do it. Right. At the same yeah. time, he's getting high quality minutes on the power play with the best players on the team. And it's not like he's tearing it apart every single time he's out there. Power play is hard, right? Like it's not, it's not um, gloss over that, right? Yeah. Teams like teams that go 25% are really good. 33% really good, right? Like yeah. that's, that's rare. So like, I don't expect them to score every time they're out there, but they do get pretty good opportunities, like a pretty good amount of opportunities. I don't know what they rank in the league as far as, uh, penalties drawn considering that they don't have the puck so much uh, this season it might be lower than the past three years that's but, true <laughs> um you know but he he's he still got to like do more with the time he's given and it's not like he's not given high quality minutes out of the 10 to 15 minutes that he plays every game yeah right so if let's call it three minutes of power play time or two and a half minutes of power play time you got to do a little bit more than that again be elite players make everyone around them better. What are you doing to do that? Yeah. Right now, I don't think he has an answer. And Trotz is looking for it. 
A little bit of breaking news, non-Islander related, but hockey related. Uh, Goaltender Tuka Rask is not expected to continue his comeback with the Boston Bruins. And uh, he may reportedly finalize his retirement decision in the next few days. So uh, interesting development over for Boston. Uh, kind of seems Swayman like, though, like he's good. Yeah, so like they'll be okay. Who was the bat? Who was the third goal? They have Swayman it? and Olmark. Interesting. Yeah, actually, Olmark is uh, was the starter, I think, or or at least the tandem with Rask, and then Swayman was uh, waived, but uh, looks like or not waived, but uh, sent down to the AHL. But it looks like Swayman and Olmark for the rest of the season with Boston. Uh, but speaking of goaltenders, let's talk about. Sorokin and Varlamov and uh, interesting graphic I'm looking at here, John, since this Christmas. Is also, this is also from the Kurz article. Yes. Dude, since Christmas, uh, Sorokin has played seven games and Varlamov has played six. So, you know, Trotz went back to that split 50 50. Um, and here's the interesting part, right? Everyone was really ragging on Semyon Varlamov for his performance. Despite his 2-4-0 record in six games, he's got a 9-3-6 save percentage and a 2-0-2 goals against. Now, is Ilya Sorokin's goals against better? Yeah, sure, 1.85. That's great. Uh, and his 6-1-0 record, sure, it looks much better than Varlamov's. Not so much his fault. Uh, and, and, you know, Sorokin has a save percentage of 9-19. I think Varlamov is getting more quality starts. He Probably, playing, I think he played against Toronto, uh, and I can't remember the other the other losses. I think he played against the Wild, the Wild, Toronto. What was the other loss? Um, Calgary. No, me. I can't remember off the top. My L.A. was it L.A. They did lose that game. I can't remember if he played in that game, but yeah. like, there's a really good chance that that was the case, um, uh, because those are three losses over that time, so that that adds up. Yeah. So, but I mean, listen, here's the thing, right? We, we were talking so much about, you know, or not we, but a lot of people were talking about how Varlamov was an issue, but look at his numbers. He's a nine, three, six, save percentage and a, a two Oh two goals against average. I mean, you know, when, when I was asked what the quote unquote trade package would be for someone like Semyon Varlamov, you know, I said, it's going to have to be a roster player, a, a high-end prospect and and a uh, high draft pick, you know, first-round pick. And some some had said that that's crazy, but th- that's starting goaltender material right there. 9-3-6, save percentage, uh, 2-0-2 oh, goals against average. The, he's not just bringing you to the playoffs and, like, securing it. Yeah. He might move you up a couple spots. Yeah. And he's good for a couple rounds. You Absolutely. just saw him do it. You, Absolutely. Two years in a row, you just saw him do it. Right. It, it's, so, it's not... Uh, Look, the problem is not in between the pipes. We knew that the entire time. Right. And as some of these stats are team stats, right? Like say percentage, things like that. Like some to some degree are, are kind of team stats. Um, which also leads me to believe that it's not the defense necessarily that's like they're not losing games because of the defense necessarily, right? It's not the goalie, it's not the defense. It really is what we led the show with, which was the offense. Right. Um, it makes Varlamov an interesting trade ship. I don't know what you do if you're still trying to go for the playoffs. I don't know when. Um, I wrote in my article, whatever the equivalent is of Lamarillo waving the white flag, I don't know what that looks like to him. I don't know yeah. what that timing looks like. We haven't seen it with this team, and I frankly have not paid attention to what he's done in the past Yeah, with the Devils and, and, and the Maple Leafs. You know, Around this time, they weren't going to make the playoffs or whatever the deal was. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, those. I think I think you're right. It's a, it. It could be a hall, um, a hall H A U L, not Taylor Hall. <laughs> not suggesting that. Um, you know, like you look for uh, second pairing defensemen with term for yeah. that, right? Like you 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 try to figure some things out um, in that regard. And I think, frankly, one way or another. Um, Varlamov's $5 million, even though it's one more year, it's attractive to get off the books as I wrote, because it opens up your possibilities of what else you could do with your roster. Now, there's a question about what happens in the replacement, and we can also talk about that. But as it stands, yeah, I I wanted to talk about this because 
it's just super clear it's not the goalies. Oh, and Brock Nelson even said, after one of the losses recently, we haven't given Varlamo the support. No. He straight up made that made that statement. Yeah. There and, was a point last season, too, where it was the reverse. They weren't confident playing in front of Varlamov, uh, played extra good in front of uh, I'm sorry, they weren't confident playing in front of Sorokin. Correct. Extra good in front of Vrlamov. Um, And this year, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a confidence thing again. I think it's quality starts. I think, and you're, I think, you're, I think you're looking at three games. How many of those three games against Philadelphia did Sorokin start? Yeah, that's true. It's It's been mostly Sorokin against the the lesser of, yeah, the, so, of the teams. So tell, me, so tell me, really, who's the starting goalie? It might be less games. It's one less game. Yeah. yeah. It may be seem inconsistent. Tell me who the real starting goalie is. Uh, it's a 1A, 1B. He wants it. Yes. But again, you have to look at this, who who they're playing. Yeah. He played Varlamov against, and look, against the Coyotes. No, I'm sorry. He played Sorokin against Sorokin the Coyotes. Against Coyotes yeah. And then he gets a shutout. And you're like, well, why is, you know, I think Ivan said that. Why didn't he play the next night? Right. You know what? It seemed now we have, like looking at these numbers. Well, he had every right to play against Toronto. Yeah, the absolutely. problem. Look, he let in two goals that game. Yeah, you can win a game, letting in. You can win games letting in two goals a game every game. The problem right. is not that. The defense needs to carry the mail a little bit as far as um, being a little more of a catalyst in the offensive zone. Couldn't agree more with that. On the yeah. defensive side of it, in their own zone, team team's okay. Yeah, they're I not totally getting agree. nearly the high danger chances they were last year. The quality shots are not the same as they have been in the last three years, which is largely the argument of, oh, they only get 25. They're averaging 24 and a half shots a game. Well, you know what? 20 of them were really good chances. Right. Other teams are getting five less than that. Right. Islanders are in good shape. Right. You can you can kind of like analytically go through and, and figure that out. This year, I bet you they're they're in the bottom half of the league. And they're, they might be allowing more high danger chances on the other side. So imagine yeah. if it wasn't these goalies. And Adam Pellick out there most of the time with Andy Green or, you know, whatever. Mayfield eating shots, um, Chara being seven foot tall. Uh I don't know. I don't I don't know what we what we expect the the result to be, uh, considering what's what's going on. But yeah, there's if they're scoring over three goals a game like the rest of the league, they're likely in a different position. Even even like December, even if they did that in December. They're in the playoff conversation. This yeah. is in early January. This is like an irrelevant conversation. They lost yeah. three games in January, maybe four. Like if they if they play better in December and have the same January, we're we're talking about how they keep the first wild card spot. Yeah, that's true. That this is not the same thing. Yeah. Now we could go on a major tangent about how they do that. Why didn't they do it earlier? What's Lemerel seeing that we're not seeing as far as the offense is concerned? Yada, yada. But here's where they are. And we can point to um, to, to Lou. And what, I, what did I tweet the other day? I, I think I even put it in my article, too. He zigged when he should have zagged on a number of options last summer. Yep. And I think there's a lot of trust and faith in this ownership group, this management group, this coaching group to fix things. Um, there may need to be a little bit of recognition on their end as to where they are currently and how do they move forward. It's a long time until September. Yeah. It's and a short, uh, it's le- it's almost a month till the trade deadline. Yeah. You gotta pick a, some kind of direction here. And that's a good, good, uh, segue into the, the next segment. Uh, you know, uh, Neil best. And I, I believe you wrote something similar, uh, had put out an article, just basically saying, you know, moving forward, Lula Morello needs to just really assess uh, his roster. There's the whole second half of the season left. Um, they're pretty much, and you know, never say never, but they're they're looking like that they're not going to make the playoffs. The rest of the season, Lamorello needs to look up and down his lineup and say, who's part of this group moving forward and who isn't. It's so uh, it's why? funny it's funny you say that because I wanted to uh I wanted to bring Joe Pantorno on and go through the roster. Yeah. Right. Something I don't want to go, yeah. I don't want to dive too deep now because I think that it, that would be a really good episode, maybe yeah. next week. 
yeah, um, or the week after. We'll we'll see. But yeah, I wanted to go through um, who's expendable, who's not, who's moving forward, and just kind of like what are they working with going into the next year? Yeah, that's something that we uh, can do next week. Um, if not, we'll keep posting on when we do. Um, but someone who's not going to be a part of the Islander roster moving forward. Austin Zarnick was put on waivers on Monday and picked up quickly on Tuesday uh, as the Seattle Kraken, the first team that could have claimed Austin Zarnick did. Uh, and Austin Zarnick is now over with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we will talk a little bit about that right after a short message from our sponsors. Nassiban Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million in top prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. 21 and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Four six seven three six nine. Nassim Hockey is also brought to you by Manscaped. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let wild hairs wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use Promo code NHP20 for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quick. Did you shore up your grooming game routine with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little bit more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your body. It even has a 400K LED spotlight so you can shave in the dark. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0. Their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep you comfy everywhere. Currently wearing the boxes right now, super comfortable, and I love them. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code NHP20. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. And we're back. Uh, and before the break, we were talking a little bit about Austin Zarnick, uh, claimed on waivers by the Seattle Kraken. Um, and initial thoughts on that, John. What did you think when you saw at first that Austin Zarnick was put on waivers? Um, I didn't like the timing because I wrote about how he could be part of the solution moving forward Ouch. on the fourth line, kind of. Um, I did mention he was waived, but I kind of thought he'd go through. Um, I have been pretty lucky with that under Lamorello for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Francis doesn't give a shit about Lamorello, a different conference. You don't have to deal with them so much, although those are likely kind of like trade partnery um, kind of folks because Good it's point. a Western Conference team. So, like, I don't know what that dynamic is. I don't know if they know each other. I don't know. What, I don't know what the deal is. Um, but I, yeah, I was, I think, thinking about the future of this team, which is a lot of the conversations right now. Um, and a lot of what we could put our energy into because um, that's something positive. You know, like I thought he could be a third, probably a fourth liner with Sezikis. So he could, if if Zarnik could, if, if Clutterbuck didn't return, Zarnik could take his spot and then Johnson on the other side or Martin, if he's going to stick around and actually play it out. I had a thought in my head that Johnson and Martin would kind of flip roles where Martin would get a little less time and just, you know, he's getting a little older and you put him in when you need him. 
you play Johnson a little bit more regularly. So you got a Zarnik, Sezikis, um, Johnston trio uh, for that identity line and, and go from there. So now it's, uh, you know, they're in a position because Zarnik played really well when he was in the lineup this season. And he had that energy. He played with that eye on their identity. So yeah, it's it's a really it's a really tough loss. He played he played well. Um, maybe uh, Bardro gets his, another shot. Haven't seen him in a couple of years. Uh, I know he was on the taxi squad. I think he was like in and around the team. I'm not sure he's gotten a uh, a game. Not this season, no. Not certainly not this season, but maybe not even in the shortened season last year. Maybe not. Um. So like he's a Zarnik adjacent, Sezikis light type. Like I don't know how they like fill in these identity pieces moving forward. You kind of thought that, like I said, that that would be Zarnik. So it's a definitely a bummer. Yeah, it, it's when when I saw that he was on waivers, I I knew right away he was going to get claimed. Um, just a, a hunch that I had. Um. You know, he'll be a good role player for for the Kraken. Maybe he'll play every day for the Kraken. Um, you know, they're they're bottom of the barrel of the NHL right now. And, um, you know, maybe they just need guys on, on the team to help lift competition uh, for everybody else around him. And, and that's, um, you know, a good pickup for them. The other side of the coin for Zarnik, you know, a lot of people were upset about it. Uh, he's also 28. He's been around a little bit longer than everybody, everybody thinks. Um, and. Although he's listen, I, I loved him as a player. I thought he was he was great and he gave it his all every shift. Um, and you want guys like him around. That's why he was he was claimed. Uh, but ultimately, the the uh, administration had had a different out view uh, for his future with the team. Um, and one question a lot of people had asked was why Zarnik and not Ross Johnston? What are your thoughts on why was it Zarnik and not Ross Johnston? Different role in the team different future with, with the club, different contract. Yeah. Um, it's clear, like, you know, Johnson's been with the club for a while. He's the kind of been the de facto 13th, 14th forward for years. They just signed him. He's on the team for a little while longer, maybe three or four more seasons. Um, and maybe three more seasons after this one. I don't have cap friendly up in front of me. Um, you know, they're paying him quite a bit. I, I really do think he'll, he'll eventually get a little bit more time. Um, as Martin slows down, uh, maybe, you know, it, it might be one of those things where they split the regular season and then Martin plays the playoffs if they get that far, just because Martin has that experience and it's really good not that Johnson played bad in his playoff experience yeah. over the last couple of summers, uh, here and there. But I think it's likely just like different, different views and outlooks for what these players bring to the team and, and what they're going to be contributing moving forward. It's disappointing because for a team that really needs that energy, Johnson brings a very different style to that. Like he he enables that energy to kind of be brought out of the team through fighting and physicality and all that. Whereas Zarnik was a little bit more of that Sezikis, a little engine that could kind of energy, which yeah. is really what the Islanders are, are kind of based on. It's been like that for oh, a decade. Um, brought out really by the better by Trotz, honestly. Um, might just be, yeah their their outlook on what these players are and what they mean to the team it sucks it's a really good point that he's on the older side i don't know how old johnson is i think he's not the spring chicken anymore either yeah maybe, maybe he's not. 26 um 27 like it's not like he's so much younger than zarnik um but they're very different i don't think it's an apples and oranges type thing like it's clear right. they want this guy around for whatever reason maybe he's just a great locker room guy I don't know, you pay a locker room guy a million dollars a season, is, but you know, the understand. possibility that, you know, Lamorello knows what the future of the fourth line is going to be like. Maybe Martin isn't going to be around for the rest of his contract. Maybe Clutterbuck isn't going to return uh, and, and get a contract. And these are just both assumptions. And, and Johnson, he could be a, a, a good fill in, in, in the fourth line. I shouldn't even say fill in. He could probably play fourth line minutes every night. And oh, for would... Martin, absolutely not Clutterbuck. Right. Clark, right. Clutterbuck needs a replacement, and that's why I, I Zarnik to me was that type of player. He could def I thought could grow into that role. Um, you, you know, I don't and, know and, another player that they have that they've given the opportunity to, like Zarnik over the last few years, uh, that can fill that Clutterbuck role. Well, and you know the fact of the matter too is, who else is due for a contract next off season? And 
Zaprize will be there, you know, for for the taking as well if the Islanders want to bring him back. And, you know, if he signs another one-year deal at, at league minimum and you stick him on the fourth line, listen, everything he's given on the third line, if you put him on the fourth line, it looks even better in my opinion. I mean, listen, I love the way Zach Parise plays. I think he's playing excellent. And if you're putting him on the fourth line, that's a no-brainer to me. I think he's he's doing very well there. So it's he's fine. the kind of guy I, – I don't think he's too too different from uh, Zarnik and the way Zarnik plays. Yeah, he's a little older, but um, he you're can not going to – yeah, it's no, he you know what you're, you're getting. You're not going to wave fine. Zach Parise and look you if you're not going to. It would be interesting to bring back Parise and not bring back Clutterbuck. And the reasoning for not bringing back Clutterbuck is that he's getting old. When Parise's got a couple of years on him. Well, I think so like, I think the thing is I think the thing is Clutterbuck probably knows he can get a little bit of money on the market, whereas Parise would probably be happy to return to the Islanders for you know, 750. Whereas Clutterbuck could probably make two, two and a half on the open market. I, I don't think anyone's going for him, honestly. Maybe not, but he, I think he's, he's a good Islander. That's he, part of the problem with the Islanders chips in general. Well, they're very good the Islanders in a certain system. And this year, not even that, right? Here's like the they're not good. Look at Barclay Goudreau this, this off season. He got paid. And, and in my mind, how old is Clutterbuck? I mean, yeah, I know Cl- Clutterbuck's a little bit older, but in my mind, if a lot he, of he's, older. he's okay, a lot of it older, but he's playing a very similar game to Barkley Goudreau right now. And just because, you know, let, he might not get the, the, the length of the contract, but he might get the number somewhere else. He's making three and a half. He's 34. Right. He might be I, able to get two, two and a half somewhere else. Lamarell is not going to give him that. I mean, come on. Lamarell's handed out money. You You think. If Clutterbuck comes back and he's not at a million and a half, it's not worth it. It's an overpayment. Anything right. more than a one, one and a half is an overpayment. And Lamarillo's done that. He's paid Kamarov that way. He's paid Johnson. Johnson's getting a million dollars. He's I barely think, playing. I think Kamarov was different. Kamarov came in at a time where he had to convince guys to come to Long Island. Long Island is now a destination because of its current state. It's the fourth liners just want to play. You don't have to convince them to go anywhere. If you're going to be paying them a million dollars. Komarov wasn't a fourth liner when they signed him. Uh, I shouldn't not statistically in, in the mind of Lamorello. He wasn't a fourth liner. Well, it's clear. They was on the first fucking line. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, so, too, so let's not, let's not uh, take him out. Like I know he's dealing with what he had, but that's, you know, he, that's still not just a great choice. He wasn't signed to be a fourth line guy. And, you know, he, he knew what he had in him in Toronto and, and he thought he could bring the same thing in on Long Island. And there it's possible that there are a few other offers from other teams for Kabarov at the time. We're talking three, four years ago now. Um, was it an overpayment? Absolutely. Um, you know, you could say the same thing about Varlamov. Maybe he, he was a little overpaid at $5 million, the market a few years ago. Now it looks a little bit better, but a few years ago, $5 million, a lot of people were sitting there scratching their heads and saying, why did they give him that much? The the Islanders had to overpay a lot of guys just to convince them to come. Now it's a little bit different. So you'd like to think that I, I, I'm, you would, you would I like mean, to like, think I think, we're, I think we are seeing that there's that athletic article not too long ago talking about how the Islanders are kind of on the up and up as far as that's concerned, especially with the arenas done, there's new ownership. There's Lamarol, there's Trotz. Despite this season, I think people still hold the team in high regards within the game. Um, I'm not talking about media. I'm talking about people in in hockey in the NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I the fourth line like shouldn't be the biggest concern. Um, right. They they can adapt. They do have other players in the AHL. Maybe they can fill those things internally. I would hate to just spend money trying to fix that thing. When they're right. they, like the other things they need to address are just so much more important. Right. Uh, correspondent to Zarnik getting claimed off of waivers. Kyle Palmieri goes out on maternity uh, for the birth of his child. Paternity. Like, uh, paternity. Sorry. Uh, like I we had mentioned earlier, he'll be out uh, Wednesday against the Canucks. But he will meet the team in Edmonton on Friday. Um, so used to hearing maternity all the time at work that. 
That's just what I heard when I was speaking. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Adam Pellick's experience at the All-Star Weekend. Um, and I kind of thought he... I saw a lot of why Adam Pellick, who's Adam Pellick, yada, yada, as if he shouldn't have already gotten re the recognition that he deserves. Can we just um, re just really quick on that? Can we talk about how why do Ranger fans seem to find Isles tweets? Why are <laughs> they in? Why are they in the replies? I don't know. Why are they in the comments section on like I'm not looking at Rangers posts like I see staple and like, yeah, I like Molly Walker or whatever. Like I see some people around. I'm not like going out of my way. To start reply going into Molly Walker's tweets, and whenever some Ranger fan is saying something, be like, "Fuck you! You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you let Henrik Lundqvist rot." Robert, like, I'm not doing that. They seem to like <laughs> they have like a column open in TweetDeck, or they like saved some search, and they just like go to the Isles hashtag, and they just can't wait to motherfuck a bunch of Isles fans. Like, I don't. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't, the the, the rivalry so runs deep. Yeah, but that's just that's just stupid. It's just bullshit. It's like yeah, it's not like your friends busting your chops. It's just like strangers on the internet with like some 1994 picture of Mark Messier and the team, the the Edmonton Rangers who won the cup, and some bolt like just stupid. I don't understand how that happens. Anyway, yeah, no, but anyway, you know there was that question out there: Why Adam Pellick? Like, does he really deserve to be here? Well. A lot of eyes were open this weekend as a lot of attention was turned to Adam Pellick. Um, I loved the tweet by Greg Wyshynski. He just tweeted, I think he quote tweeted a video of, of Pellick doing something and he just tweeted Pellick greater than Makar. Uh, it was it was a great tweet and it got a lot of traction. And, you know, Pellick had himself a weekend. I, I get that he was surrounded by talent. I get that he was. You know, it, it's easy to to showcase your skills at something like this, but I think that's, that's the, the point. point, right? <laughs> right. So, first of all, the shootout, he displayed some silky mitts on a nice backhand goal, and I get it. You know, the uh, the the goaltenders were from the the PWHL. Is that what it is now? Right. The PHF, the, or the, was the it P the PHF or the PHWPA? I think it was the PHF. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. He's displayed some silky mitts. Uh, he displayed some, some talent this weekend playing with some skill guys around him. How about the 102.2 mile per hour shot that almost won him the hardest shot in yeah, that, that competition? That would have been, been incredible, right? If it wasn't for Victor Hedman getting point, what three or four more Adam Pellick wins the hardest shot competition. Uh, something I surely didn't expect to see happen when he was signed up for it. Um, and how about that sweet assist uh, on Jack Hughes's goal? That a nice backhand little sauce, backhand sauce, pepperoni on the pizza and beats. I think it was Vasilevsky for the goal, right? Uh, past Vasilevsky. I don't know. It was to Jack Hughes. Yeah. To Jack Hughes. I'm pretty sure he beats Vasilevsky and it, it, it begs the question. Does Adam Pellick have an offensive game? That has been suppressed because he's relied on so much for his defense, which is largely the reason why he was voted into the all-star game or, or sent to the all-star game, right? Everyone kind of knows now that Adam Pellick is the, the defensive defenseman, right? He was on most Canadian Olympic rosters, the, the, the mock-ups and a lot of attention was turned to how good of a defensive defenseman he is. Seeing all these skills that he displayed in Vegas, do you do you think that maybe he has a little bit of an offensive upside that he's just not utilizing because he's not put in that position to? It's possible. I mean, we saw it in um, who did they beat five one? I don't know why. Like, I just have no memory of these games just because it feels like forever it, ago. It was uh, Ottawa. It was Ottawa, right? And he had that. He had a gorgeous backhand goal, uh, an assist from That's Mayfield. True. Who has yeah. also shown some offensive upside. That is true too. <laughs> and you know, like he's a little um, I don't mean to say this in like it's gonna come out worse sounding than it is. He's Pelic light. Mayfield is Pelic light. Okay. He's a little more clumsy than Pelic. Pelic has That's a fair. very good smoothness to his game. Um, something that I said about Robin Sallow was that I think it's really important for him to watch Pelic because he has such a good 
Um, he escapes from danger in his own zone or whenever he has the puck. Pelic is so smooth getting away. Yeah. Such a good skater. He has really good puck control. It's nothing fancy. Um, but he can really get out of harm's way with the puck and maintain control. And I saw Robin Sallow starting to do some of those things. And I got really excited because I was like, okay, a Pelic with some upside and the offensive zone is amazing. Okay, fast forward to this weekend um and the last little while with pelic i think you're right i think he's he might be getting it suppressed a little bit it's not part of the islander system he could stand to drive some of that offense though i mean i don't know that you want him getting exhausted running the puck up and down the ice but he does do it somewhat regularly like it's not all the time but maybe once a game you see him bringing the puck into the zone he's the first one on the four check um He's got legs, like he can skate, he can handle the puck, he can obviously he could shoot it, 102 miles an hour is no joke. Um, so it's possible. I don't know how you unleash that because it's not like you know Pulak also has that. Obviously, like he's he was scoring a 10 goals a year outside of last season for the last three or four seasons. Um, so you wonder how they can both unleash that together. But I, you know. They play such a team game. They're they're looking at defense first. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's really hard. I I would love to see him be able to, you know, maybe blossom that little offensive upside that he he clearly possesses. Um, but you know, again, I'll I'll take four Adam Pellicks on on my team any night. Uh, he he definitely deserved to be at the All Star game. Uh, no matter which way you try and twist it. And uh, it was it was nice to see him get get that honor because, uh, you know, well, well deserved. Uh, did you happen to catch any of the all star game or the skills competition? Anything like that? You know what? I didn't. What was I? No. Um, no. You got to no. check out the goal uh, in the skills competition by Trevor Zegers. OK, I did. I did see videos and photos okay. of that kind of floating around that. That was some crazy stuff, man blindfolded still knew where the net was after doing some spins scores with no sight like he just is a he's an incredible talent i'm happy that the nhl is starting to open up their parameters uh for the all-star game and invite people who maybe aren't on the roster but uh or, or any of the rosters but you know a little bit of a snub right right people people are trying to say that zegris was a snub even though troy terry definitely deserved it but so did Zegris and it's only one per team or or you know some get additionals based on injuries and, and such um but it was cool to see them open up the the, the parameters to to things like that so the NHL um, needs to have fun there yeah are, that's that's mostly it it was I tweeted out um the women's China's women's goalie had these incredible pads I was like it just shows that like Hockey is fun. It's just the NHL that's not fun. Yeah. Right. And and Zegras and I watched uh, Emily Kaplan did a great piece, like an eight or ten minute piece on Zegras for ESPN. And first of all, I do having that on ESPN feels like such a weird thing because it's, it's I'm still not used to them covering hockey as closely. Like it, it's just been kind of away from them for so, such a long time. Yeah. But I love like he even he said in this piece that you know players. Uh, younger players are starting to have a little more personality it's such a team-oriented game but a lot of people are trying to buck that trend a little bit and i think it's really important so guys like that i mean ovechkin had fun a couple years ago he put on the goofy hat and the glasses and doing all that stuff at the all-star game i think it's great yeah. you know um I, I think it's wrong when you know the don cherries and even recently with john um, tortorella john tortorella who is a loaf of wonder bread wrapped in a wet blanket and i I just like i just i can't he is just the least interesting hockey mind right like he he's simply around because he gets people riled up and we talk about him and all this kind of stuff it's all marketing and pr but what uh just a crybaby like he is like you know Zeros is doing this stuff and he's like, well, it's going to take away from our game. And it's like, are you kidding me? 
it's, it's we're sitting there the like, game, sir. we're sitting there. He'll say out of one side of his mouth, oh, the integrity of the game and blah, blah. And it's like, well, all forwards need to find a way to score. They need to get more creative out there. Goalies are really good these days. You know, defense first. What do you think is going to happen? Right. They're going to get creative. They're going to move the needle on it because they got to find another way to score. Right. It's a high, high speed game. Yeah. High skill game. High skill game. Yeah. You got get creative. I think the, the thing that, um, you know, if only the NHL kind of had that aspect of like playing street hockey and how creative you were when you were out there or just like shinny and all this other stuff where it's clear that they're having fun, but it also raises the skill level of the game. Like that's not easy to do. He doesn't, right. he's, Zegers has tried that kind of Michigan uh, a number of times in in the nhl um in that piece by emily kaplan they he they mentioned it a few times and you know he gets it he gets it in eventually but it's still fun like it's a sport it's supposed to be fun i don't understand how toro can go out there and say something like that it's such a bad take current yeah. takes bad not even like hot takes exposed like the twitter i follow this account it's so good current <laughs> takes bad um yeah that was that was a terrible terrible thing so i love zegris in the all-star game doing that but i love that he's doing it all over the place and he doesn't care he's having fun yeah that's the whole point of this stupid sport yep is it shouldn't be aggravating it should be an outlet uh all this kind of stuff despite all the awful terrible things like anything related to the chicago blackhawks and uh rocky Wirtz playing victim meanwhile survivors are out there uh, not getting their due and he thinks he can just throw money at it. That's a different aggravating thing. It shouldn't yeah. be that. No. It's not that serious. But people it's all about the money. That's yeah, that was anyway. uh that was a that was a tough situation to watch. But uh and then Bettman's like, well poor Rocky works. Oh stop. He's he's gone through a lot. Are you what? Stop. The, moving on like um, yeah, it's so bad. We're not going to go oh, down so, this so this rabbit hole, but uh, definitely not something you want to see from the NHL uh, regarding Rocky Wirtz. Uh, hopefully, Joke. you know, something comes out of that. I, I will I, say. I, do, I did see he issued the apology, but I don't know if that's enough. He's all right. I'm gonna, I'll just say this. I don't care what you think of Dangle, uh, Steve Dangle and the podcast and it's Toronto and whatever. Go listen to I think it was Friday's show. Do yourself a favor and go listen to that show and his anger. Uh, I wish I could channel that because like, I really do feel that aggravated about all of this and the hockey diversity aligned stuff and all this stuff that just kind of keeps coming up at the NHL is you're like up on a tee yeah. and they're, they're like swinging the other direction or just fall down. Like, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on, but Steve, I, I give him all the credit in the world for the passion that he showed on that. I think he was 100% on base with everything that he said. Yeah. And um, I I literally could not have said it better myself. So I, I give him a lot of credit. But it's worth the listen. If you don't know a lot about the situation, they really outline it pretty well. And, um, and this is before Bettman's bullshit yeah. that he put out later that day. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, the show, have fun. And the, ending the show on a bit of a more positive note. Uh, quick Islander prospect update. Aturatu had a pretty good day today. A couple points, scored a goal. Uh, he's on a five, a three-game point streak with five points in those three games. Good to see from him. Uh, he's currently just tearing it up in the Liga, so that's a good uh, good development for Ratu. And over in the QMJHL, William DeFore has gained the QMJHL lead in points. Uh, currently has four points in his game that he's playing right now. Uh, and I believe it's two goals to assist. He could have more before the night is over. Uh, William DeFore keeps, you know, uh, padding his uh, draft stock and, and increasing it. Um, not, not shouldn't say draft stock, his prospect stock uh, for the Islanders. I think he's been named by Corey Pronman, the fifth best prospect in the Islander system. Um, and if he keeps playing like this, he could even climb a little bit higher. So, uh, Ending the show on a bit of a bright note. Any final words from you, John? So I was your your colleague over there, or your boss, or whatever he is to you, 
Pagnota, friend of the show. Yeah. David Pagnota. Uh, do you see his tweet about uh, your your dreamboat forward, Philip Forsberg? I did. I did. As mentioned earlier on NHL Network, uh, there haven't been any contract extension talks between the Predators and Philip Forsberg since the fall. Uh, currently, no plans, but the two sides are expected to connect before the trade deadline. And if nothing happens, it will likely be pushed to the summer where he will be an unrestricted free agent. He will have that one-week grace period uh, before a free agency begins to talk to the Nashville Predators and get a deal hammered out. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Interesting to see if it will or will not happen. He's largely uh, the, the the engine that's running the Predators right now. The the Predators are playing very well behind uh, UC Soros and Philip Forsberg. I think Forsberg has something like 25, 30, almost 30 goals already. So uh, we'll be interesting to see how it works out for Mr. Forsberg over in Nashville. Uh, and that's it. I want to say thank you to DraftKings. Uh, use that THPM promo code with DraftKings and use the NHP20 promo code with Manscaped. I want to say thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, IELTS Fix, and of course, all of you, our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassman Hockey. You can join our Discord for a safe space to chat with fellow Islander fans. And lastly, you can find my work at the fourth period and John's work over at the Hockey Writers. Make sure to check out Isles Fix, an excellent curated Islanders newsletter. Uh, Monday through Friday, you will receive that in your inbox where you can get all your Islander information from the day prior, uh, so on and so forth. Until next time, everyone. Let's go Islanders.